hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Howdy, howdy, friends and neighbors. It's me, Mark Hershon, your host in Rio Stat for Epi 129 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. I hope you enjoyed the most recent installment, Epi 128, our live recording from the Comedy Lab at the Improv in West Hollywood. Dana Carvey, his sons Dex and Tom, and comedian Wayne Fetterman were our guests. I'm not real handy about figuring out the metrics on our show, but I think it's our most downloaded show so far since we started Succotash almost five years ago. Can you imagine that? Five years ago. Good Lord. Well, this episode is another Succotash Chats version, and my special guests are Rufus and Howard, the writers, producers, and actors of the Man by Cow podcast from England. Now, do you guys have an improv background as well as having performed as a duo? Because you guys are pretty quick. I mean, just in the in the course of this interview, you know, you do play well off each other and you respond very quickly. And it's it's not always the case with with comedians that we're just we're just editing as we go really quickly <laughs> we're very good at editing we're amazing at editing yeah and and uh, there's and time travel this conversation <laughs> has actually lasted two hours over here in the uk <laughs> yeah we cut out all the rubbish all the thinking the five minute thinking time after every question yeah there's a sample of man by cow rufus and howard play the two main characters named strangely enough rufus and howard on the show as well as every other character on Man by Cow, and they are just kicking off their season three this week on comedy.co.uk, also on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, you can probably find them in some other places as well. I'm a big fan of the show and these guys, and it was a real treat chatting with them, as you'll see coming up very soon here. If you're thinking about getting into podcasting, comedy, or otherwise, I think you'll be inspired by their story, as they've had to teach themselves every aspect of what they do on the show. Writing, performing, not just comedy, but music, figuring out all the equipment, figuring out how to get it distributed, um, and they talk about some of the trials and tribulations along the way. My chat with them is coming up shortly. Also coming up this episode, we have a double dose of our Burst o Durst segment with political comedian and social commentator Will Durst, as well as the Tweet Sack. That's right, the Tweet Sack's back. Tweety, we finally got your damn sack fixed. I don't sound so happy about it. Let's let's do the Durst. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the big brouhaha between the FBI and Apple computers, which has turned into a battle between the forces of good and emissaries from hell, with both sides claiming to be the good guys. It's the age-old battle between privacy and security, a slope more slippery than a caffeinated eel in a bathtub full of bacon grease. The problem is, you let one government into your back door, and every other government is going to break land speed records to get in line to do the same, and not all of them will be bringing lubricant. There's no such thing as a virgin repair kit. The FBI says they only need to do this once. Yeah, right. Federal investigators in 11 other jurisdictions have already filed motions seeking access to suspects' iPhone data. A Manhattan DA has 175 iPhones he wants to crack. The FBI says we need to trust them. The same FBI that vowed they weren't conducting illegal surveillance on Americans until it was revealed they were. You mean that FBI? I wouldn't trust that FBI as far as I could throw two handfuls of glue. And the fallacy of the backdoor code remaining secure is so laughable, it should be greenlighted its own sitcom on Comedy Central. Their claim that nobody else would get their hands on this technology is either woefully ignorant or a further demonstration of an ineptitude approaching that of a Sherman tank in the upper branches of an elm tree. The only way to find security in this, the seventh year of the second decade of the 21st century, is through solitary confinement. And finally, supporting the FBI's position, Donald Trump called for a boycott of Apple in a tweet he sent out on his iPhone. You can't make stuff up like this. For Succotash, the comedy podcast, podcast, 
I'm Will Durst. We have a second Bursty O'Dursty coming up towards the end of the show, but don't forget, you can find more of his humor, also dates where he'll be headlining around the country over on his website at willdurst.com. I want to play a little snippet of the Man by Cowcast before we jump into our chat, but first, let's hear this important word from our sponsor. Friends, if the high cost of air travel is getting you down, then the all-new Henderson's Flying Jodhpurs should have you as high as the proverbial kite. While these sharp new business casual pants can't actually imbue you with the power of flight, slipping them on is practically the next best thing to getting there, wherever there happens to be. Never again be hassled by a jumbo-sized seatmate or a perfumed matron stinking up your space, or suffer seats that are crammed so close together that they make a body bag look roomy. With Henderson's Flying Jodhpurs, you get to put the world on hold. And by hold, I mean that's where you'll be flying from now on, in the cargo hold. Our patented flyers are specially designed to make air transport superbly comfortable, whether you're in a pet carrier, cardboard box, or wooden crate. With plenty of extra padding, it's like having your own first-class seat. Henderson's custom-fitted flank tanks hold enough breathable oxygen for you to survive a flight from Shanghai to Timbuktu. With the extendable bib and hood lined with 100% genuine alpaca, you'll stay toasty warm no matter how high you happen to fly. And speaking of high, unlike makers of inferior brands of aviation breeches, Henderson's Flying Jodhpurs come with a built-in altimeter, so not only will you be alerted when your air supply starts to run thin, but you'll also know when you've made it into Henderson's exclusive Mile High Club. While most reputable air carriers prohibit passengers from flying in the cargo hold, Henderson's has worked out agreements with the remaining disreputable airlines to welcome aboard anyone sporting a pair of Henderson's Flying Jodhpurs. Originally designed for Amelia Earhart, the Wing Walkers Club of Altoona, Ohio, and Area 51, Henderson's Flying Jodhpurs are available wherever Army and Navy surplus goods are sold. That's Henderson's, makers of fine slacks and loincloths since 1903. And now, back to Suckatash. Thanks, Bill Haywatt. All right, let's listen to a sample of Man by Cow, and then get right into the interview with Rufus and Howard. I can't open the cupboard. Why not? Because the cupboard monster will get me. The cupboard monster? Jesus Christ, on toast, mate. How old are you? It's true. This house has always had a cupboard monster. When we were kids, we could hear it sneezing when we came to visit. And great Auntie Beatrix said that if we opened the cupboard door, the cupboard monster would eat our legs off. Just like what happened to Pete. You mean, no legs, Pete? That's the one, yeah. Are you telling me you've never opened a cupboard? I always used to get Rufus to open cupboards for me. Since he's disappeared, I've just been living without anything that's inside a cupboard. I suppose that explains why you've been wearing the same underpants for the past three months. Yeah, that's exactly why. Look, mate. I can't be here all the time to cook your cornflakes and carry you to the toilet and back, and you're clearly too much of a knucklehead to look after yourself. So there's only one solution. Suicide? No, not flaming suicide, you moron. No, you've got to get in the time fridge and go and get Rufus from the 80s. Oh, do I have to? Look, mate, this place is disgusting. I haven't seen the carpet since January. Well, it's somewhere under all these crumbs. You need Rufus, mate. Without him here to keep an eye on you, you're going to die of scurvy or rickets or something. Fine, OK, I'll go back and get him. Pass me the time fridge. Pass it? Oh, OK, I'll walk. God... I have to do everything around here. I'll walk to the time fridge, I'll go back to 1984, I'll save Rufus and bring him back to the present so he can clean the house. It's awful being me. Hey, be careful not to meet your young self while you're back there, or you're very likely to cease to exist altogether. Danger. Flaming dingbat. Hey, hey, Howard! You've left your flaming podcast recording, you drongo! Oh, I suppose I'd better deal with it. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm having trouble with technology. That's all right. That it, That's its job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're here. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Pretty good. You? Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, I am speaking with Rufus and Howard, I believe. Yes? Yes. yes. Hello. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Correct. Uh, which one is Rufus? I'm Rufus. Hello. The one on the left. And uh, I'm the one in the middle. Excellent. Howard. Who, who is that on the right? I don't recognize him. 
Don't worry about him. He just, you know, he likes to sit there. Don't you, Mr. Flock? That's right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just thought I'd come and join in. No, no, you just, just stay, stay, stay quiet. Just stay quiet, yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, to talk to us on Succotash, guys. Uh, how's everything going on in England? Uh, it's cold and rainy, it's right? So cold <laughs> and so rainy. Yeah, I know that's what you hear—the uh, only thing you ever hear about England. But that's but it's because not, it's the most true thing no, it's, about it. It's not. It's often often sunny here, but today oh, it's is always really, sunny. It's here really nice. England. Come and visit. Bring bring your money. <laughs> I would, but it's actually cold and rainy here in San Francisco as well. So I feel like we're on the exact same wavelength. Okay, Aww. I think we broke the world. <laughs> I mean, not us personally. I meant us as a race. <laughs> yeah, not not me and Howard. We we're not admitting to breaking the world. Uh, <laughs> not yet, anyway. Edit that bit out and then yeah. blame us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. So, so we're, we're, we're testing too much there. Yeah. <laughs> True. I mean, I did take the world out of the case earlier and uh, <laughs> hit it with that hammer. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't have done. So you are in, you are indeed directly responsible. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> you, you wore us down with your interrogation. Yeah, it was us. Yeah. We, we don't deny climate change here, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of for, who does, for, for those of you listening who aren't familiar with Rufus and Howard uh, and the Man by pa- Man by Cow podcast, there it is. Yep. we yes. we have that problem too. It's We're, amazing. I've said it a, a <laughs> bunch of times, and I always stumble. I don't know why. Yeah. Howard always gets that same. I, I have that same problem. I mean, I can't say most sentences right at the best of times, but uh, yeah, we really didn't consider that one too healthily, did we? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Whatever it means. Yeah. Grit, grit Benchleaf is a lot easier to, to say without stumbling over yeah, your yeah, own that, tongue. That's why we did the spin off podcast. We were like, we, we need to work harder on names. <laughs> But uh, this is uh, an exciting time for for fans of Man by Cow because uh, you're about to kick off your new season. Yep. Yes, indeed. Very yeah, on Monday. Yes, uh, and it's been a it's been a ways in the making, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Could, I mean, well, you could say that, <laughs> but we did a sneaky thing where we re-released series one and two because uh, we're on the British Comedy Guide now. Uh, so we re-released series one and two. So to anyone who's just recently discovered us, it looks like it only took us three weeks to make series three. Yeah, we <laughs> seem incredibly prolific to some yeah, people yeah. and very lazy to a lot of others. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to other people, it looks like it took almost two years to make <laughs> it. <laughs> well, which you, is perhaps more honest. Um, again, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Man by Cow, I will have just played a clip before our interview sh- uh, has starts when I put it on the podcast, of course, but um, that certainly is not going to give them the full sort of breadth of what you guys do on the show, which is, uh, it, it's very funny, um, it's very eclectic, and yet it's also connective, which is uh, difficult to pull off. It's sort of, uh, I, I equate it to very sort of Monty Python-esque in that way, that there's a lot of connective tissue that as silly as things are, they still tend to you can kind of hook things together in a in a interesting fashion. Mm, we we um, that's because um, I don't like sketch shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do, but the, the sketch shows I've always liked have been the ones that, in some way, connected their sketches or had some kind of um, plot holding mm. it together. Yeah, and so when when we found ourselves making a sketch show, we obviously you know we naturally yeah. decided we didn't want to just put a bunch of um, unconnected things together and hope people liked it. We wanted to make it into stories as well. Yeah, and one of the things because I, I also have a sketch comedy background, and I know one of the hardest things to do in sketch comedy, uh, and you can see evidence of it all around, is coming up with endings for sketches is one of the hardest things <laughs> yeah, to yeah. do. And I actually was fortunate enough years ago to uh, have dinner with Michael Palin uh, from Python, and yeah. uh, I brought that up with him. He says, "Well, that's why we do the show in the fashion that we do it. It just goes from one sketch into another, and we never yep. have to really worry about the ending. And then we just have Terry Gilliam make a cartoon, and we're done." Yeah, it's <laughs> an excellent idea. We can't have cartoons though because <laughs> it's an audio medium. So we just tend to shoot a dog. Or, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. We, we like a good sound effect can often end a sketch yeah. in, in much the same way. <laughs> well, how, how did you guys first uh, get to know each other? How long? First we, of all, how long ago, and where where did you guys meet? 
We grew up together. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Uh, thirty years ago, we met. That's longer than thirty years. But Let's I mean, pretend it's thirty okay. years. It makes us sound younger. Okay. <laughs> I was I was twenty one years ago when we were when we were two. Yep. <laughs> Did you you met in school? Nursery school. Nursery school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's it called? Kindergarten in America. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the German word in America. Yeah. Arnold yeah. <laughs> Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> We um, met in school met, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger was our teacher. Yeah, um, and <laughs> he put us in a like a little cage. Wait a minute, I, th- I, th- I saw the story of your life on screen. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. And there were criminals involved. I remember that. That was fantastic. There's, there's always criminals involved in our lives. <laughs> usually, usually Howard. Yeah. <laughs> now, what so were your the world again, guys? <laughs> had, did you both find yourself sort of drawn to the same comedy influences when when you were young and first kind of met each other? Uh, well, when we met each other, we were only three. So we, <laughs> we, we didn't really have comedy influences then, when, did we? When we but, both thought throwing eggs was funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both thought rhyming was funny yeah. when we were three. That was hilarious. Um, but as we as we grew up, we definitely had similar tastes yeah. in comedy, didn't we? Yes. Um, Blackadder. But very much, yeah, Blackadder. Uh, yeah, Blackadder. Like, just that. Just that. <laughs> just just Blackadder. Yeah. That could be enough for some <laughs> yeah. people, actually. <laughs> Uh, and did you perform on stage? You, uh, you know, podcasting is you know a relatively new medium. But uh, did, did you guys do any kind of comedy live performance? Yeah, yeah. We before we started the podcast, we were performing uh, as a double act for about four or five years. Yeah, before before we started. Oh, okay. uh, well, we, we knew each other for ages, and then Rufus decided to go on a world trip and disappear for a few years. I didn't. I only went to uh, Latin America. But I lived in Latin America for a few years, okay. and hid, basically I hid from Howard for a while. <laughs> he did. But then he found me. No, he came back and he, insi- <laughs> he insisted that we should write a, a sitcom. That was so your idea. And no, it wasn't. He made he, he coerced me into it. And we were drunk, and um, and then what happened was we realised we couldn't write a couldn't sitcom. Couldn't write a sitcom. We were terrible. We, had, we didn't really know what was funny, so yeah. we thought we'd better go and do Find some out. live comedy. Yeah. <laughs> we basically we wrote something rubbish, and we knew it was rubbish. So yeah. we went, okay, we've got to learn how to be funny. Yeah. We'd better become live yeah. comedians. Yeah. <laughs> and and do it through. Failing a bunch, which yeah. we really succeeded at failing, didn't we? Oh, we were so good at failing. <laughs> I mean, like many I've never been good at anything before until I failed at comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so we did that a bunch while trying to learn how to be funny. Mm. And uh, whether we did or not is a matter of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the beauty eventually, isn't it? Because comedy is subjective. Yeah, so. it wasn't when we started. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was, it was just bad. <laughs> yeah. There was one person on the front row who laughed at one joke. And yeah. That, that doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> now, did you guys perform in, in comedy clubs or theaters, or what, what sort of uh, surroundings were you in? Yeah, in comedy clubs, anywhere that had have us, basically, mm. which at the start wasn't many places. <laughs> yeah, small In London, yeah. there's, a, there's a circuit in small venues, to put, like rooms above or below pubs, pubs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of stuff. Yeah, we've not we've not we've not done comedy in America. So, uh, <laughs> well, no, I haven't even been. I haven't not even been sure to the how it works. There. We're just yeah. we're just waiting for you over here. Just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they said. Well, that's not what they said when I asked if I could come. They said no. <laughs> well, no, you're not welcome. We're a coy. We're a coy culture. <laughs> Playing hard to get. Into. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so what led you to decide to focus your efforts into uh, putting putting your comedy into a podcast format? God, that's a good question. Um, this is your um, fault again. <laughs> I, didn't even, I, I, I admit I didn't know what a podcast was till you, yeah. you told me about them. I, can, I think, I think you, I, in my memory, you suggested writing a sitcom, but I suggested the podcast. That's how I remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we kind of, I don't know, we just thought it might be fun. Yeah. Well, I did. <laughs> I think when we started, we kind of, we didn't have a big plan. Well, yeah, we, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, we just kind of went, well, let's do a bunch of recordings, see if we've got anything to say or anything worth anything that's you know different or funny and if not we won't we won't release any of it you know we'll keep it quiet so we actually we did didn't we we yeah, recorded we recorded lots of stuff in secret for about a year and a half oh, without wow, okay. anyone um and gradually over the time we we developed the idea of the show and the structure um and yeah and also got better at it mm. <laughs> started off pretty bad at 
that as well, right? <laughs> yeah, we didn't leap in, basically, did we? We, no. we got in the show and, and stayed there for a couple of years. For a year and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um, when we felt we had something worth letting other people listen to, then eventually we released stuff and went by kind of surprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you guys, I mean, you, you play the characters Rufus and Howard, uh, which makes it easy to remember which one is which, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, we got that from American TV. Uh, <laughs> everybody loves Raymond and stuff like that. You know? Just keep your name. Just change your surname. It's mm-hmm, fine. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, and and what led you to sort of the through line that the shows hang on? Because there there are all these sort of uh, wanderings <laughs> that happen during the show. But as you say, that it does have this sort of common through line through it. And what sort of brought that that main storyline? together for you guys it's kind of a it's a mixture of our actual lives mm. and a bunch of stuff that we came up with really isn't it it's yeah. just it, over over a lot of improvising and a lot of writing and um we just we started to build a world that we'd set the show in and you create you created a series of characters that sort of you, you've got kind of some one-off characters but you've got a lot of recurring characters like dennis quaid <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's out. He's a character. <laughs> well, yeah, the, anyone that says he's not our invention is absolutely lying. Certainly, <laughs> certainly, the way you've created him, he is—he is your own invention. Yeah, that's 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 my perfect Dennis Quaid impression, and I won't hear—I <laughs> won't hear a word said against it. <laughs> I'll work for months on that, listening to Dennis Quaid, getting it right. <laughs> um, but I was fascinated to see, especially when you talk about having, you know, tried your hand at sitcom writing and the influence of American TV and that sort of thing is you've been releasing sort of teaser pictures for the last few weeks leading up to the release of the first episode of the new season with sort yeah. of your organizational board and things like that. It, it Having worked in television, it bears a striking resemblance to the way a writing team will put together how the bits work together and how the acts flow and that sort of thing. So it, it looks at this point, I mean, you said the first season was kind of like putting things together and seeing what was working, but it really seems like as you've uh, sort of matured in your process that um, there is a real process at work now. And how long does it take to, to kind of put the season together? Well, it's a, it's difficult. We to love procrastination, and that's the only reason there's bits of paper all over the wall. <laughs> like, how can we get away with not doing anything today? Let's put some colourful but... bits of paper on the wall. That's... <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of truth in that, but we don't we don't spend much time doing that. <laughs> I mean, it is the, <laughs> yeah, partly, the problem is we're really dis we're really kind of disorganised thinkers and disorganised workers. So if we don't stick stuff on the wall, wall we'll forget that we've done it. we'll have no idea where we are what we've done or what we need to do at all so because we like we'll do something like we'll do a series of sketches in one day we'll improvise um a bunch of sketches and we'll go and when we edit them we'll be like okay there's three good sketches in that and then we'll spread them through the series yeah um and then much later we'll come to start working out how the episodes fit Mm. together and, um, and move them about lots of times until we decide that they're in the right place um and then there's the plot so it's just basically we're a mess <laughs> so without the paper we haven't got a clue what's going on i got you that's the deal now do you guys so it sounds like you guys are sort of improvising these sketches and then pulling out the stuff that really works is there any writing or pre-planning about what the sketches are going to be or what characters are going to be in them we tend to write the plots because the, sh- um, the episodes are usually a mixture of a, a kind of plot that goes through and then sketches um, in between those scenes. So we tend to improvise the sketches and write mm-hmm. the plots, although when we record it, we improvise a little bit around the script as well. Yep. And sometimes we'll write a sketch. There are one There's or two no written sketches. Hard yeah. rules. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys have an improv background as well as having performed as a duo? Because you guys are pretty quick. I mean, just in the in the course of this interview, you know, you do play well off each other and you respond very quickly. And it's it's not always the case with with comedians that we're just we're just editing as we go really quickly we're very good at editing we're amazing at editing yeah and and uh, there's and time travel this conversation has actually lasted two hours over here in the uk 
<laughs> yeah, we cut out all the rubbish, all the thinking, the five minute thinking time after every question. Yeah, that that is true in the show, though. Yeah, I mean, we do true. we do edit a lot and we cut a lot of stuff for the show. Um, but no, we don't actually have improv background, do we? I mean, when we used to perform, we we would yeah. improvise quite a lot, but it wasn't. It wasn't improv. I think we're probably, like, slightly quicker at answering each other's um, questions now than we would have been when we started. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've had a bit of practice yeah. with questions and answers. Yeah. Well, just because, I mean, one of the things you've fallen into, because I've, I've done improv for 30 years and I've taught improv and whatnot, is you've, you've learned kind of not to negate the other's offer, which is very difficult for people to do, even if they're even if they are trained improvisers, there's a you know, decision that you want to try and push your own agenda forward in a conversation or something. But it seems like you guys really do have a great give and take. So it, did that develop through the case of you know, just having known each other for as long as you have? Or was it sort of one of the outcomes of having done the discipline of recording sketches and things like that? I think it's partly it's probably just because we tend to find each other's ideas amusing, isn't it? Because I when like if we're um, improvising something and you come out with something like utterly ridiculous uh-huh. and not connected to anything before, uh-huh. I don't I don't negate it because I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's really funny. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's hilarious. That's true. I think we both um, because we're so British, we both like have very little faith in ourselves, and so when the other one says something, that we just agree. We're just like, oh, I'm so glad that you've said something good. I agree with you. Yeah, let's do what you said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we're just we're just incredibly polite. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you you we've talked about uh, Gret Benchleaf, who was a, a spin-off character who got his his own series in a, a book, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he's had he's had he's we're on book four at the moment of Gret Benchleaf. Strictly speaking, we're like halfway through writing book four. And so, how did uh, how did that character come about, or did, was he just sort of an improv invention that sort of took off? <laughs> no, we um we when we were f- right really early on actually when we first decided to do the podcast and we were coming up with segments and ideas to uh, things to put in it we decided it might be fun to write something where we would take it in turns to write chapters yeah um and then we sat around for a while and came up with uh, what it would be and we decided it would be a detective who's scared of pies <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty much the end of that conversation yeah, it was, right? yeah. <laughs> and then then i wrote the first chapter and then how it took over and, and over the first probably over the first six chapters or so we created the character yeah and then once he was once he once he was set then it's kind of became easier easier well no it's, no, it's been really 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 it? hard it's a constant <laughs> learning curve because yeah. because you're always trying to always trying to like become a better writer yeah yeah it, it may not be evident because no. it may <laughs> just seem completely ridiculous but but we're always trying to be like write funny prose mm. that also makes the other one laugh when they hear it it's yeah, yeah it's weird it's one of the most um it's one of the most I want to say dangerous aspects of the whole podcast because it really is one of us doing a thing and then sitting in front of the other one and reading it and hoping against hope that they'll actually like enjoy it. (laughs) So, so when you guys record the, the, the bench leaf chapters, if you will, you literally, the other person has not heard what you're reading. That's right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) So it's the, it's the only thing we completely do alone, Mm. isn't it? And then um, we spend, a week or two, although recently that's been getting more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Usually it's a week or two writing a chapter and then, yeah, read it and record the first reading and the reaction. Yeah, because we're not very good at fake laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, yeah, no, he's really good at fake laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think I enjoyed his chapter. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Plunging me into that pit of depression. Don't worry, Howard. I do like your chapters. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because the uh, over over the course of both um, sort of both shows, the characters really do take on some really distinct personalities and whatnot. To the point that you could see somebody saying, "You know, this this would be interesting to see in video or on TV or something like that." And is that an option you guys have talked about doing? Is sort of moving this to a different medium? Uh, well, I mean, it'd be difficult to put Gret Binchleaf on TV. 
it's too big. <laughs> he doesn't fit. There's not a camera with a, like, a, a wide enough lens to film it. No one, I mean, no one is big enough to play Grant. <laughs> yes, absolutely. People don't understand the true size of this character. I think, I think Marlon Brando would have come close <laughs> in, his late, in his later days, but yeah. Um, but I mean, we we kind of we 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 didn't exactly plan to become audiophiles did we mm-hmm. but it was kind of out of partly out of necessity that we started but over time we've you know it's kind of become our medium hasn't it it'd be yeah. weird it's di- it's difficult to do video now oh yeah i mean well yeah <laughs> don't want people to look at our faces they're terrifying <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to say that audio is easy because it's certainly not. But no. there's a lot less involved, obviously. I, I mean, know, if you but... do make a video and you don't have the right lighting or any of the elements yeah. involved, then then you're just making bad-looking video. And then again, people do make bad-sounding audio. Well, they do do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we've just got a lot of now. We've got a lot of experience of making audio, so it feels much easier. Mm. Well, and, and it's it... trying to do it with video is really hard. Yeah, it, it's interesting because growing up, I was a fan. There was a radio station here in San Francisco that would play old radio shows, and having been in podcasting now for a while, it's interesting to see that that shows like yours and other shows that are taking you know more of sort of a fictional bent and creating stories and characters are dipping into this rich history that radio had of cr- sort of. Cr- you know, they called it the theater of the mind and the idea that you would, through sound effects and music and whatnot, be able to create these images in people's heads. And it's sort of like what you guys are doing now, what, like I said, a number of other podcasters are beginning to fall into this fictional, this realm of fictional storytelling. Um, so any thoughts on that? I mean, w- w- did either of you listen to old radio shows at all? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, we um, we grew up with Radio Four mm-hmm. here in uh, Radio Four is the the spoken word yeah. channel, oh. and they have a lot of drama and comedy and uh, and stuff. So we we grew up in that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you absolutely love Hancock, obviously. Yeah, Hancock's half hour. We're both, yeah. uh, I think, probably were f- partially formed by Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, the radio shows of that. Yeah. really did create a universe yes. in in your head mm. um and so that yeah but listening to that quite young yeah had an effect um yeah yeah that's why i and the only reason i bring up the video is not that not that necessarily you guys would shoot it but the idea that somebody would pick up the property and go hey this is this is kind of interesting this would make a cool show um there's a show I reviewed recently uh, that's also produced in England called Wooden Overcoats. I don't know, don't know if you're familiar with it. We've heard of it, but we've not heard it. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it's a full on sort of radio sitcom or podcast sitcom, you know, with these <laughs> two feuding funeral parlors. Uh, and uh, there's some characterizations that are they're they're nothing like what you guys do, but there's this idea that they're creating these really rich, funny funny recurring characters and it's the yeah. sort of thing that you could see somebody going hey this this is another great piece of fodder that could turn into some tv as well so that's that's the only reason i ask because some of the stuff that you guys pull off in in the regular show with the time fridge and all that stuff seems to me that like you you know it lends itself to something you could do in a visual medium i think that uh, i suppose with wooden overcoats that that is totally a sitcom isn't it I think if we if we were you know if someone you know yeah if BBC turned up and said can can we do a show with you we'd be we like, wouldn't Absolutely. slam the door we yeah, wouldn't yeah. slam the door in their faces yeah no we we'd, we'd we'd let them in and we'd force <laughs> feed them cake and tea <laughs> but we'd have to I think the show would have to kind of take a different bent yeah, from yeah. what it is in order to 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 work but if um, but if someone if anyone wants to come round and film us in our fridge <laughs> then, you know then we're up for that right. Okay. Well, that's where I was getting at. That's what I was hoping to get <laughs> thought, Mr. Fluck has mentioned that he'd like his own show. I mean, <laughs> if the BBC he are listening. Yeah. <laughs> now, you guys also do original music for your show, right? Yeah. And and do you both write and perform that? Yep. We are both very talented musicians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we manage, don't we? We're, we're not very talented musicians, but that's why we don't perform live <laughs> well yeah that's it that's right the, the, the beauty of computers and um computer music is that you can if you can't play the piano um you can you, shift the notes you can. <laughs> you can spend an hour making a, a tune that lasts 30 seconds yeah. if, if you can if you can be bothered to sit there and move those notes yeah yeah so we, we've got great attention to detail yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. one but one of the beauties i think of, of 
providing the music for the show yourself is that, I mean, the, the show is wholly yours. It's not like you're going to have somebody coming at you saying, hey, you got to pay us the rights for that song or you've got to do this or that. You guys, you know, it's lock, stock and barrel. This is all coming, you know, from from your brain, your computer, your talents, this sort of thing. And how satisfying is that not to have to rely on some other source to make these things come together? Well, we didn't know when we started, we didn't know anything about podcasting or what the deal was so we kind of just assumed that we had to do it all ourselves (laughs) and therefore we had to learn everything so Mm -hmm. we didn't know anything about audio editing or recording or how microphones work or much about music certainly about recording music (laughs) so we just we just that's why it took such a long time we also had to learn it all that's (laughs) right um so yeah, that's kind of been our approach. We just go, we, oh, we need to be able to do a thing. Like, oh, we need posters. Howard, learn Photoshop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah like we, we, we built our own website as well. Rather mm. than, you know, rather than going to Weebly or Wix or one of those ones yeah, and, yeah, right. and just and dragging it together. So someone better, one of us had better learn how to make websites then. Yeah, so we learned website building. Yeah, it's the same with music and editing and everything else. Yeah. So. But I think I, the, the, I think one of the benefits of doing that, and as hard as it likely was, I mean, I remember trying to get Succotash up online the first time. I was ready to tear my what I have left of my hair out. I was, you know, <laughs> I was looking at uh, you know, watching kids on YouTube trying to show you how to do it and reading these tutorials. I'm going, I my brain is just barely big enough to figure out <laughs> how to do this. But in the end, you know, I, I, the satisfaction part, I think, should come from the fact that maybe you guys are just so close to it that it all seems like a constant learning curve or something. But, you know, you guys, you know, let me hear the first episode of the new season. And it, I mean, it's it's tight production value, you know, and it really does work. And the characters are really funny and the writing is really tight as well. And I think Thanks. it's... I, yeah, I think it's something to really be proud of. And, the you know, you do have this whole set of learned skills now that you could, you know, you've already done the, the bench leaf spinoff. And, you know, who knows what else? Maybe you guys are sick. Of, I talked to a lot of podcasters that are just kind of sick of doing podcasting at this point, especially since, well, of course, as we know, it pays so well. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best things. It's I mean, it's amazing how much effort people are putting into this medium with very little return, except for some people kind of, you know, on sort of the upper echelon where they've actually got sponsors and whatnot. Yeah. No, uh, you're absolutely right. That's, that is, that is what's satisfying is m- making something that we hope is good. So we, we spend a lot of time um, making it as good as we're capable of making it and like changing things and cutting things and, you know, re-editing and getting the music right. And, and um, that's because we know we're not making any money from it. So making a, a thing, an episode that's as good as it can be is, is the point. Um, that's what makes it satisfying, right? It is indeed. <laughs> it's very, very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> although, although, I, although, what Mark's about money, I like the idea of that too. We like, we yeah. like, yeah, uh, but, yeah. We oh, like the idea of money, of course. We, <laughs> yeah, the we, money we, of idea, like real money or not? Because we've never seen any. <laughs> yeah, the idea well, of no, money is what. Uh, we did just open a Patreon account, now, didn't we? Yeah, is yeah. it no Patreon? Patreon, yeah. Patreon, go. yeah. So <laughs> now we're. We're squeezing money out of our fans. Yeah, yeah. I, have a dig- I have a digital donate button that I'm constantly having to blow the digital dust off of because <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares. Um, are, you, are you aware at all of you know what sort of fan base the show has? Because, I, I mean, I just got to tell you, I'm, I'm happy you guys uh, were available for an interview. But, I, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts as a matter of course for, for what Succotash does, which is, you know, playing clips. Plus, I review a lot of podcasts for Split Cider and for Huffington post so i listened to a lot of it and a lot of it is kind of the same sort of sound it's you know how difficult it is to open a mic and just kind of blab away without any real sort of production value or writing or thought put to it and you got i mean you guys have a really funny listenable show so i'm curious you know what sort of uh fan feedback do you guys get do you hear from people a little bit yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> not an enormous number of people but we have we have a uh, some very nice fans. We some very lovely yes. listeners. We've got some very very dedicated fans. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. As as to how many people actually listen, we haven't <laughs> the faintest idea. We've, we've never been very good at finding out how many people are listening. It yeah, could just be those, those weird thirty fans. I make the same yeah, I make the same assumption about my listenership. I have yeah. no idea. 
No idea, but uh, yeah, I, we, we 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 know that there's a certain number of people who really like the show, yeah, and that's that's great. Uh, we have no idea how many people are listening quietly. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the things about podcasts is that if people don't like it, you never hear from them because they just you have to go through so much effort to actually listen to a podcast that you're either going to enjoy it, or if you're not, if you don't like the first one you hear, you just go, ah, eh, I'm not going to listen yeah. again. So there's, I've had very little dissatisfied emails or t- tweets about succotash so that that's <laughs> that sort of helps the ego a little bit that you yeah, only yeah. hear kind of things <laughs> from people that like you it's definitely there's definitely a nice thing it's probably a, a, a universally speaking it's probably a bad thing <laughs> yes there's no balance <laughs> but certainly fact, personally right? that's great i love the fact that people never write to me and say i hate you and, you're <laughs> <laughs> and i listen every week <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And somebody somebody gave us a one star rating on itunes yeah <laughs> Uh, to, to this day i've no idea what possessed them to kind of like what listen we do? to it and go like you know i mean they were so annoyed with even us. if you don't <laughs> even if it's not your cup of tea you can at least give us two stars for the effort but like no one yeah. star this is the worst podcast ever i reckon yeah. it was a dog lover yeah maybe <laughs> maybe so yeah i i had a i had a somebody who who enjoys my show turn a friend onto it and the friend didn't like my show so they gave it a one star on it was like if you didn't like it that much why did you go that much effort to to say anything mm. just yeah just stay quiet it's fine <laughs> some people are just very angry though aren't they like online online there's a lot of very 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 annoyed people oh, yes. <laughs> we, we found one of them i think that's just where anger goes <laughs> Now, do you guys get a chance to to listen to podcasts yourself? Because a lot of podcasters I talk to, they don't generally have time to listen to other podcasts. But is there anything that you guys either take the time to listen to or you've checked out? Not much. I think most of my listening, like my commute, I use to check our stuff because I have to listen and check at the edit or Mm. listen to the first recording and see if any of it's funny or not. So uh, I end up with very little time for anything else. Um, we've listened to some. Though. We have listened to yeah. a few. Yeah, there's some. There's some shows. I, I, I recently discovered an American show called The Dollop. Yes, yeah. with Dave Anthony. Yeah. Yes, I really like that. As that was. Uh, I, I've. That has also meant that I haven't listened to anything else much because there's so many episodes of that, and I like, yeah. really love that show. Oh, okay. I, most of the things I listen to um, because I came quite late to the party are, um, <laughs> are, are all discontinued. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, AI Atomo with um, Richard, Herring. With Richard Herring. Yes. Yeah. Modern shows that I do listen to um, Craig Mazin and John August's um, Script Notes podcast, but um, that's just for um, uh, for uh, well, whatever. Have you heard? <laughs> Have you heard uh, Richard Herring's uh, Snooker podcast? Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, I, I like many people listen to the first twenty minutes of the first show. Yeah. And then, no, no, he is just playing snooker against himself. Yes, just against but himself. Really, and and then two commentators, which is just hilarious. Yeah. I really appreciate the fact that he's still going. Like whatever is like fifty frames later or something is right, amazing. Right. Um, so. Just as just like you guys and me, a lot of podcasters do this part time. I, in fact, I don't know any full time podcasters. Not even Mark Maron's a full time podcaster. Right. Um, so, what do you guys do in in your real real lives? If you can talk about it. Well, I am a teacher of uh, English as a foreign language to adults. Oh, okay. So basically, I go to a school in the morning and play games with people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they get, then they pay me for it because they haven't noticed yet. <laughs> and Howard I'm, I'm, Howard's a, a movie actor, aren't he? <laughs> <laughs> Howard shows up in the background of really big name movies. That if you watch Skyfall, sure. there's a bit where Howard looks at James, um, James Bond's ass, James Bond's bum as he walks yeah. past you. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I was years ago. I was in the Extras Guild, the Screen Extras Guild, uh, oh, right. before it got absorbed by the Screen Actors Guild here in the, in the states. Um, but that's good. I mean, is there a lot of extra work to be had? Um, the probably, I don't do a lot of it. It's just one of the things I don't, I don't have a, a fixed job. A fixed job. I kind of like, I, I sometimes like go around to like, like rummage sales and like, you know, 
buy things that I think are worth more than than, than yeah. they, they do. Yeah, you're like or... an antiques expert, aren't you? Yes, you're exactly. like a you're a you're a tr- you're an independent trader. I'm an antiquarian <laughs> book dealer. Um, <laughs> occasionally, yeah. <laughs> you're like Del Trotter. I am. Yes, I'm Del Trotter. <laughs> Uh, and then what do you guys like to do in your, it sounds like most of your spare time is probably taken up trying to put the next bits of the show together, but, uh, any other, any other things? We went out to the pub the other night for the first time in a long time, didn't we? We did, yeah. (laughs) I regret that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We, we do spend most of our time making this, right? Yeah, that or like, you know, arbitrarily torturing small animals, (laughs) That's just you. That's how we get our kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Only evil small animals, though. You know, yeah, we check yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> how, that's Squirrel Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> so how many episodes will be in season three of of the show? At six episodes, but um, we're going to be following the series four quite quickly this time. Yeah, oh, because okay. we're working on three and four together, so there's six in each. So there'll be a shorter gap. Between them, yeah. So two seasons this year, or series, two series this year, yeah, yeah, um, yeah with six episodes in each. And so, folks who haven't had a chance to uh, to kind of catch up with the show, the previous seasons are are available. Should they go to your website to get those? Yeah, they can go to our website. They can find episode one on there. We're on the British Comedy Guide with uh, with Richard Herring. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he's aware of that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but we're there next to him, like like nudging him, trying to get his attention. Yeah, and I've started writing as good as Richard Herring on all of our marketing <laughs> material now. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, they can. They, we always recommend starting with episode one um, because there is a kind of a, a kind of ongoing plot. You don't have to, but it's perhaps a bit helpful. To yeah, well, it's difficult for us to know because we're us. I mean, if you yeah. think there's a better episode they, should, they could start with, yeah, you, yeah, please, please do tell them. <laughs> but yeah, as long please. as it's not the Valentine special. <laughs> <laughs> Although lots of our listeners did start with that. They're just, you know, they are that, weird, that filters out the weirdos oh, in, yeah. the, in the only the weirdos stay. Mm. <laughs> so uh, listeners should go to Man by Cow dot com yes well done nailed it thank that's, you that's man that's in man purchase cow not man stood next to cow <laughs> that's right that, and, yeah. and i must ask all british comedy guides as well yeah and where it. where did the title come from man by cow <laughs> it's actually it, from when we when we first started working together we decided to write a sitcom and we wrote the bad sitcom, mm-hmm. but the the few like the two good ideas from that sitcom made it into one of our podcast episodes called Treason. Um, and there's a sketch in that show which still contains the line where we got it from. Yes. Ah. Uh, and apart from that, it's quite long. Is it a long story? Is it a good story? It's just it's just um it's just a comment on how dumb tabloid newspapers are. Really, that's yeah, that's yeah. all you need because it's a it's a it's a story about a man buying lots of cows. Yeah. And, <laughs> And the headline is "Man by Cow, Lot of Cow," yeah. <laughs> and it was just meant to be a joke on kind of uh, tabloid deliberate um, kind of you know uh, patronising illiteracy because they think their readers are dumb, um, you know. So it was just meant it was just a joke on that. But then when we were looking for a name when we started performing together, we went through a lot. Yeah. And that was the one that And we stuck. thought, what, which, what can we choose that's going to be difficult for people to remember <laughs> to spell and yeah, yeah. find anything and out about? Yeah. And yeah. cause us trouble forever, because yeah. we'll always have to say, not man stood next to cow. <laughs> <laughs> not or por- man multiplied by cow. Or portrait that. of man by the artist cow, not that. <laughs> or man purchased cow. Yeah, so we went for an ungrammatical name mm. in a moment of branding genius. Yes, <laughs> that's brilliant. I'm often often taken down because of uh, the succotash name because nobody knows how to spell it. They don't yeah. know what succotash means, and yet <laughs> I'm in the branding business. You'd think I would have done, done a better job, for God's sake. Yeah. I've created names people use every day, and yet I can't name a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, listen, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been great talking to you. I'm looking forward to seeing what the rest of uh, the new season sounds like. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. And and hope to talk to you again one of these days. Brilliant. Brilliant. See you later. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The men, the myths, the legends. So that first episode of their new season, by the way, is out now. 
I'm reviewing it in this week's SplitCider.com This Week in Comedy podcast column, as well as in the Huffington Post's entertainment section. But trust me, get to your podcast devices and download or stream it right now. You won't regret it. Although if you are American, you might have to rewind it a few times because those accents can kind of throw you off. They're pretty deep, some some of them. So if uh, unless you're a Python fan, you might have a hard time whacking your way through that. That didn't come out sounding right. All right, happy to report that the tweet sack is back. Hello, Tweety. I've missed you. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry if we missed mentioning some of you folks that have been writing or tweeting us in the past month or so, but we are finally back in action with the tweet sack. First up is a new five-star review on iTunes. Thanks to LED Flashing from the United States of America, who commented, Great show. Always fun. Great guests. Thanks, LED. You know what? You can post a rating and a review to help us gain more visibility, just like LED did. All you have to do is hop up to iTunes and just do it. It's that easy. Helps us out. Doesn't cost you anything. And um, our ratings might go up, which would be great, because I don't think um, they're high enough yet. Got a request from our friend Davy Dent, who sadly is going to be folding up the tent on his Bitter Sound podcast in another episode or two. Um, but he still has his Strange Times podcast going strong. He wanted to know whether my honest thoughts about the show, um, if I had a podcast network, he wanted to know, would I consider picking up Strange Times to add to a roster of programs? Now, Strange Times can be pretty salty at times language-wise, but it's a damn funny show. And if the network has no qualms about the occasional fuck, shit, or cunt, multiple cunts in the case of Davian, they'd be foolish not to run with it. So catch Davian's Bitter Sound podcast while you can, and why not give the Strange Times podcast a listen as well? Won't you? Tell them Mark sent you. Got a nice direct message at my uh, Hershko Twitter account from the Wasted Advice podcast saying, Thanks, Mark. Love what you're doing with your podcast. Awesome support for all the little shows out there and gives the listener a good sample of what's going on out there in comedy land. Well, thanks, guys. And trust me, we'll be clipping the Wasted Advice soon, uh, Wasted Advice show soon on our show. How about that? From the Mount Rushmore podcast comes this DM. Thanks for following back. As a new podcast, we're always interested in learning more about how to make a better product, other people who are doing it right, etc. Well, you guys will learn a lot hanging around here at Succotash, so thanks for checking in. I'm not saying we're doing it right, but we play clips from shows that are doing it right, so you can learn from them. How about that? All right, had a DM from the Grouch Incorporated podcast, a show which I mentioned in last week's Split Cider and Huffington Post columns. They were interested in seeing some of my cartoons, weirdly enough. Savvy listeners might be aware that I do an editorial cartoon for the weekly Half Moon Bay Review in California, so I directed them to a page full of my work over there at the Review website. They pinged back, very talented, man. Looks great. We would like to work with you sometime. Well, wouldn't that be cool? I shall get around to clipping the Grouch Incorporated show soon, too, just to say thanks for considering my cartoons. Although, how a podcast needs to use cartoons, I do not know. Here's one of the more entertaining DMs I've gotten recently from Cowpunch Redneck, a.k.a. Ian Primer. He wants to know if, quote, you guys recommend any particular talent agency for a young, funny hillbilly? Improv's a blast, just getting a little tired of making old ladies spit whiskey out their nose and God knows what else, <laughs> unquote. Well, Cow Punch, I, I might know some folks. I even did some time in Spokane way back probably before you were born, running the first couple of years of the Spokane Comedy Competition. So I will ask around and see if anybody's interested in picking up a, a comedy hillbilly. How about that? All right, that does it for the cards and letters, or rather the tweets and emails. Let's get down to the rundown of some of those folks that have been kind enough to tweet, retweet, mention, like, heart, DM, and otherwise pass the succotash in their social media meanderings in the past week or so. Illusionoid, Hunter Block, DAPF Pod Neil C, Tupac O. Romaine, Dex Carvey, S. Anthony Thomas, Clutch and Wiggle, which reminds me, don't miss our episodes that are being replayed over at their place, CWERradio.com. That's Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment Radio, CWERadio.com. So you can hear us over there. And thanks for playing us, guys. Urbano Reyes, Brian Glowacki, Salty Language Pod, 
Aronzai 2021, Dave in the Cave, Ted's Life, Paco and George, Josh Nelson, Wayne Fetterman, Hollywood Improv, Aaron Brown, Rapture Insurance, Sean Parker, M.P. Zakruski, Kaza Mirth Podcast, Corky Knievel, Jacob Kardashian, Choo Choo Stew, The She Pod, Ryan Bradshaw, John Irwin, Lenora Sykes, John Dredge, DAPF Podcast, The All-Seeing Guys, Stephen Shahori, Julia W.D. Harrison, Apelles Longhorn, Jeffrey Welchman, Betty Welchman, Wooden Overcoats, L.A. or H.A. Lugie, Pod Socks, Ice and the Face, Super Pee-Pee Time, Does This Hold Up, Pittsburgh Ned Podcast, Hollywood ADI Podcast, George Grimwood, Broken Filter Live Show, DJ Tim Z, The Angry Ginger, Andy Goddard, Adrian Dawes, Laura Sainer, Jack from ZKH, Sheila Vosso, Sherry Leslie, Constant Struggle Pod, Jack O'Brien, LAB Podcast, Richard Oliver, Fiends Show, That Hippo George, The Big Cast, Royal and Doodle, Eric Furness, The the Gizzard of... The Gizzard of Oz, Instagrams, Instagrants 2, Bill Sweeney, Man Horror Podcast, Business Rockstars, Urban Error 404, Lee Regine, William Runyon Jr., The Slant, Superhero Speak, Potter and Family, Jurassic Park Podcast, The Naked Porch Podcast, Sideshow Network, Brian Sussman, Raining Lunatic, Abner Surd, Fickle Fanboy RPM, Dan E. and Marty Y., Victor Campbell, Tiger and Socko Jones, Podcast Stack, Vibe Comedy, Infidelis Lacerta, Grunkle Jim, and the Dirty Bit Podcast. Thanks again for mentioning at Succotash Show in your social media circles. You can also email me at mark, M-A-R-C, at markhershon.com, or call us on your dime at 1-818-921-7212 and leave a question or comment on the Succotash hotline. I will play it here on our show. Bill Haywatt will have that number for you again, by the way, at the very end of the show, which is coming up fast, but before we get out of your ears, we're going to leave you with a last burst o' durst with Will reflecting back on Not-So-Super Tuesday. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about Super Tuesday. So named for the quantity of elections occurring, not the quality of participants involved. It was a good night for frontrunners Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, but listening to the speeches of the also-rans, the night was also a huge success for anyone who suited up. The theme was, it's all going according to plan. No matter where a particular candidate finished, supporters were reassured the campaign was right on schedule. Ben Carson finished last and was totally fine with that. Marco Rubio was so excited about coming in third pretty much everywhere, we should thank God he was fast asleep when it was announced he'd won the Minnesota caucus or he would have piddled himself like a shih tzu at the sound of a front door key churning. Ohio Governor John Kasich proclaimed himself ecstatic that he's so close to winning the Ohio primary. And Ted Cruz couldn't be happier because he's won three states out of the 15 that have voted and would be the logical nominee if everyone else just got out of the way. Always so much easier to score once you eliminate that pesky defense. Bernie Sanders has a plan to win the rest of the primaries, which sounds like a plan he should have had much earlier. So everyone is exactly where they want to be, except for Jeb Bush, who has to explain why the 41 and 43 plaques in the basement won't be joined by a 45. Donald Trump is so content, he held a pretend presidential press conference in front of about 100 American flags and a wall of Miami Vice curtains. And Chris Christie looks thrilled to be Trump's bouncer. All he needs is a jaunty chauffeur's cap. Even Mitt Romney is perfectly positioned to accept the GOP draft should Donald Trump show up in Cleveland with less than a majority. Although, contrary to recent reports, he probably won't be on his knees. For Succotash, the comedy podcast, podcast, I'm Will Durst. For more of Will, hop on over to willdurst.com or check out his tweets at Will Durst on Twitter. And boom, that's it. Show's over.
this installment anyway. Thanks to special guests Rufus and Howard. Check out the all-new Season 3 kickoff episode of the Man by Cow podcast. And if you'd like to help us to keep the equipment on here at Studio P and Studio F, it wouldn't hurt you to click our cheerful blue donate button over on our home site at SuccotashShow.com which is also where, incidentally, you can click on the Amazon banner at the top of that page and help us by purchasing something at the world's largest everything store. Plus, we have a fully stocked succotashery with t-shirts, hats, coffee mugs, and more, all festooned with our several succotash logos. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, wherever you go, whatever you do, thanks for passing the succotash. Adios. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>